Well, the Reverend Alofalale was one of 10 self-funding members of the Presbyterian Women of Aotearoa New Zealand delegation to the 60th session of the Commission on the Status of Women held in March. You might remember we uh, spoke with Alofa uh, before her departure. Now we've got an opportunity to catch up and find out how it all went. Talofa, Alofa. Talofa. And it's great to be here on the second day of um, Samoan Language Week, so Talofalava, Manuia, Levayaso, Olinganana Samoa. All the best, best wishes for Samoan Language Week. And to you too. Alofa, remind us how the opportunity came about for you to get to New York. Well, an invitation for applications to be part of the delegation came out, say, mid-October last year or round about then, and I saw the invitation and I thought, oh, I will put in an application, and my application was successful, and that led me to be part of the delegation to New York. When did you get the opportunity to meet up with the other uh, women from Aotearoa, New Zealand, that were heading to New York? Well, we did meet up with the rest of the New Zealand delegations. We had government delegations as well as other women's groups who were there. So we were very fortunate that we did meet up, say, a couple of days into the the commission. And we also were hosted by a breakfast from the New Zealand mission, which um the the embassy in New York. So it was great to catch up with everyone there and make connections there. I, I suppose when, when you're going to something like that, the opportunity is to attend so many kind of workshops and oh, discussions, yes. and I, I suppose the delegation had to kind of spread itself around. Well, we did. We were very fortunate in that our convener, Reverend Carol Grant, uh, allowed us or gave us the opportunity to go where our interests or perhaps our um our strengths were or even our weaknesses in order to be strengthened by attending workshops. So we could either be at the United Nations where all the debates and um, and lobbying was happen- happening or we could choose to be at parallel events which took us right around New York City. And I, after having spent some time at the United Nations, did go to some events around New York and that really enabled me to see New York and I, I loved it. I love New York. I'm going back. <laughs> it's a fabulous city. I have it to say is. I was there last year myself. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's a very exciting yes, place. It is. Exciting as it is, of course, you were, I guess, pretty focused while you were there. And um, remind us what the themes were for this year. Well, the theme for this year, as in every year, is to empower women. And there are 17 sustainable development goals that all countries globally uh, are trying in their countries and um, around the world to to lobby and to achieve. And we've set ourselves a goal that hopefully by the year 2030 those goals will be achieved. And they range from education through to water, through to gender equality, em- employment, right, a wide spectrum of, of goals. And so you said those were the um, main reasons why we were there. But it was great that we were also able to go across to different venues and and meet other women at different. And those parallel events were really quite eye-opening for me because they were ones that were run by women who were already doing things in their countries and they were wanting to share their stories with other women around the world. So these were grassroots um, activities, events and organisations who were actually working 
Well, tell, well, us, tell us a little bit more about that because you said that you know you, you had to make some decisions about yes. about about mm. where you were going to put mm. your energies. Um, what what in particular did you enjoy? Well, about? one of the things that one of my interests when I went over to New York was how do um, how do people who are from a different culture who arrive in a new country maintain their culture in that country? And in particular, my my passion is for. Samoan language for New, especially for those who are born in New Zealand or other countries who want to maintain their language. And I do run Samoan language for classes for beginners here in Dunedin. And I found that more often than not, they are New Zealand born Samoan young people who are wanting to reconnect with their language. When parents have said, Oh, you've come to, we're in New Zealand, so you learn English. Therefore, Samoan language is a, is a cost of, of being here in New Zealand. So one of the, one of the workshops I went to was one where they, the topic was how culture can help you in your employment. And um, there were women there who talked about how they they use their culture to to empower themselves and other women of their own cultures within their workplaces, and how there were different um, events and occasions and learning possibilities within their employment. And there was an opportunity for questions. And at the end, I stood up and I said, "It's really great to hear how um, your cultures are being." Em- you know, sort of promoted within your workplace. But how how does anyone help people who are from a different culture trying to maintain their culture where where you are? And it, it actually, there was silence. It wasn't really something I think that was probably out of the range of what the the workshop was, but it did lend itself to to us being able to start that conversation. And it was interesting. There was a Mexican woman who was on the on the board on the panel of speakers who said, "Well, actually, this is not anything to do with my work, but I'm Mexican and I've moved here from Mexico, and my children have been born here." And they actually do not know their Mexican language. So just your question is making me think about how I can help my children maintain or even find their 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 language and their culture. And then an African-American woman stood up and she said, how do I have been born? My whole family, generations have been born in America, yet I know nothing about Africa. How do I instill in my young? Because when you look at them, they're not American. They're not, you know, white America. They are African American, and yet they know nothing about being African. So when you look at that particular issue as it relates to coming back mm. to your life here in Dunedin, what uh, what does that raise for you? Well, it, it continues to to in, empower me to create opportunities for people. Particularly New Zealand born Samoan people to be able to reconnect with their language and to be able to reconnect with their culture. It's through no fault of anyone other than the result of circumstances when people have arrived in, in New Zealand and particularly Dunedin where the Samoan community is very small and we do try in different ways to maintain the language but within our own families perhaps more so there is a 
Samoan language preschool. There are other outlets for it, and through the church, it's a very, very strong way of maintaining. But what about those who don't have those networks? And I suppose I found that as a possibility for to reach those who don't have those networks with my Samoan language classes, mm. which are predominantly New Zealand-born, and they are trying to to learn their language. While we're talking about that, are you uh, open to other people contacting you about oh, getting yes, involved definitely, in that? Tell definitely. us about how, the, how people can do that. Uh, well, I do have a website, yep. and it's www.alofa, A-L-O-F-A, almost forgetting how to spell my name, <laughs> .co.nz. So I have a website there, and there's an email. How wonderful to have your own, your I, own website I with your know, own name. I was so amazed when I typed it in, and it hadn't been taken, <laughs> so there you go. And your email? And I, email alofa.lale at gmail.com. And um, just it'd be lovely to... I'm finishing off the the first this last terms lessons tomorrow today. Right. Today's our last class, and then we start again in July. Right. So, if there's anyone who wants to get in touch, please do. All right. Well, that's one aspect of 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 the work that you did when in New York. Was there anything else that particularly grabbed your attention? Oh, I've got to tell the story. I can't not tell the story. But um, you know, when you talk about going to the United Nations, who do you think of as a New Zealander? Who do you think well, of? Helen Clark away? at the moment. Helen Clark. So you, when I was telling people I was going to New York, people were saying, "Oh, you might see Jennifer Lopez," and I went, "Oh, yes, <laughs> I might see Jennifer Lopez," and you know, and and then people say, "Oh, you might see Helen." Clark and one of the other members of the delegation did actually meet um, Helen Clark and and I was sitting outside the UN Chapel Centre and sitting on a concrete wall waiting for the other members of the delegation on St Patrick's Day we were going to go to the St Patrick's Day Parade which in New York is a really big thing, traffic, the whole city stops for that so I was sitting there waiting in my green top and um, had this flower behind my ear, a frangipani flower which I'd taken a whole lot of um, frangipani flowers with me to New York as a souvenir to give out to people. So I was sitting there with my flower behind my ear and I was sitting there watching people walk past. And who do I see? Helen Clark. And, of course, I'm thinking, oh, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to be one of those people that go, ah. <laughs> And so I just sat there. And um, she got closer to me and then she said, Talofa. And I'm sure it was because of the flower behind my ear. And I went, Talo for Helen. And I jumped up and gave her a big hug. And I says, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And then she says, oh, are you here for the United Nations? You know, are you here as part of the... I said, yes, I'm here as part of the Presbyterian Women of Aotearoa New Zealand delegation. And then she goes... And are you coming across to the UN today? And I went, oh, no, <laughs> actually, I'm going to the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And then, you know, with a smile on her face, she goes, I wish I was going there too, but unfortunately, <laughs> I have to go to work. And so we said goodbye, and that was that. And I thought after, I didn't get a photo. But it was such a blessing because I thought, wow, she'd... there were other people sitting mm. there. But I had the flower behind my ear, and perhaps that was the uh, Helen's experience of Samoan or Pacific cultures. And just instinctively said, "Talo," she could have walked straight past me. 
Did you have any opportunity to speak with other women of Pacific cultures who were oh, there from yes, other countries? Yes, very much so, and right across the whole world. So my first friend that I met there was from Cameroon, and she was the only delegate from Cameroon there. So we became fast friends looking for each other at venues and events that happened. And I met some of the members of the over the New Wayan delegation from Australia. There weren't any from actually from New Wear, but there was a couple from, from Australia who were there. Met, um, went across to the Samoan embassy and met up with them, and there was a delegation from Samoa as well. It was great to meet up with different women from around the world. Well, uh, and, and many of them, I imagine, and you will have come away, I, I suppose, with uh, some fast friends. Uh, the challenge now, well, I suppose... To be to stay connected with them. Yes, well, Facebook's a really good way to stay connected, and I find we are posting, you know, tagging each other in photos and and keeping in touch that way. And um, looking forward to perhaps reconnecting at another commission because I'd love to be able to go back and perhaps take a couple of other young Pacific women with me. It would be a great opportunity and experience. It was a long way for you to travel. It was, I imagine, a long way for a lot of people to travel. It wasn't inexpensive. Mm -hmm. It was a major mission for you just to get there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Was it worth it, and if so, why? Well, I think definitely worth it life-changing for me in so many ways to hear so many different stories from different women from around the world and yet find that there was always something that resonated with me and um and I think part of the the life-changing for me is that I saw so many women who sometimes who have got an idea they pitch the idea and it gets thrown out maybe not not um au fait with someone or something that's not something that they can pick up and run with at the time, but they don't give up and they continue. And I think I see that too as part of my my passion with the Samoan language and being able to go into schools and, and be able to say this is what makes us who we are and maybe you knowing that and being aware of that may help you in your work with Pacific people. So, I mean, you were able to become more resolute about some of the things that you in particular were working on, so that was your decision. Were there decisions that were collectively made that will have some kind of power internationally? Well, one of the things that we... um we realised was the women who went on the delegation from the Presbyterian Women of Aotearoa New Zealand was that sometimes we, we think that we're okay here mm. you know we are not a third world country where you know we're, we are here and we're, we're quite um, well off or as in terms of some of the countries comparison to some of the countries that were there and yet we actually, there are problems here too. There are still women who are not able to climb the ladder as fast as, as a man can perhaps. And there are opportunities perhaps that women aren't able to to gain that men can and perhaps empowering more women to do, to be able to see that they can strive for for more than what they're at at the moment is always always a goal that we should have here. So some of the decisions that were made sometimes are, can be made at that higher level. But us as a delegation, we know that when we're back here in New Zealand, wherever we are, we're there to help women 
at the grassroots who are doing things where they are. So collectively, the the decisions that were made, they're made at a higher level. The governments, you know, they need to lobby and, and they need to be on board with all of those things. But we can make a difference where we are by helping those around us. And it's not just women who were there, many men as well were there, and it was lovely to see support from men as well. Have you taken the opportunity on your return to talk about your experiences in a more public way? Yes, I've done a few report backs to um, a couple of um, churches, church groups and women's groups, and I've still got a few more to do as well. And I've been on the Channel 13 TV here in Dunedin reporting back there. I had a breakfast for friends who supported me and and um, reported back there as well and nearly everywhere I go people ask you know about my trip as well as part of anything that I might be talking on so it's always an opportunity to tell the story of Helen Clark <laughs> it's always an opportunity also to talk about you know like I went to an NBA game oh how was, was that great. oh it was fantastic just the experience and mm. I went to see the color purple on Broadway with Jennifer Hudson and it all oh, it was it was great those things that I don't think I would ever have had the opportunity to do if I hadn't have gone as part of the delegation so those those were great and seeing the Statue of Liberty you know not live for real rather mm. than on a movie or, or something was all those things were good and riding on the subway by myself so little things like that I tell you what you're going to look at every movie set in New York from now on and I look do. at it differently and say yes. I was there I stood there yes there's a series that I watch now called Unforgettable and it's in yeah. and set in New York and I go oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> So you've mentioned your priority in in regards to uh, nurturing Samoan language mm. here in Dunedin. Um, as you look ahead to the rest of this year, what are you what are you getting your teeth stuck into? Mm, well, I'm continuing to do Samoan language um, classes, and I'm also continuing to do teaching in kindergartens and. Um, primary schools and today I'm at um, Tahuna Normal Intermediate doing a 45 minute session to 300 children on Samoa and telling a legend and different things and Thursday I'm at Carisbrook School doing um, another Samoan language week um, celebration with uh, some early childhood centres and Carisbrook School so it's pretty busy You're busy? Yep, pretty busy <laughs> Well it's great that you can make the time to come in and see oh, us here on the you. awesome morning show, thank you so much Alofa Lale, uh, all you. the very best 